Hello and welcome to TP with TP, the podcast with Tom Polos. Here, we chronicle the absurd world of entertainment and interview movers and shakers in the industry, all the while taking some blame. Today, we get Mick in and out. Have you ever been talking with a friend and they say something along the lines of, you have to watch this show, but give it a few episodes, then it really gets going. Or, don't skip previously on this week. It clues you in on the secret plot line. Or perhaps your once loved one, now show promoter declares, this series is a slow burn. The third season, that's where it gets addicting. Who has the time? Apparently, all of us. But seriously, why must we suffer through bad episodes or even seasons of uninspiring content to get to the gold? I'd rather watch an entire hour of previously ons than a boring show that will allegedly get better. At least previously ons are an efficient highlight reel of prestige television with epic scores and zippy editing. It is true that some of the most iconic franchises got off to slow starts. The Simpsons, The Office, and Parks and Rec are recognized to have had first efforts that are less rich than their following seasons. In dramatic works, Breaking Bad and The Wire were not initially greeted with standing ovations by critics or most fans on the all-knowing Rotten Tomatoes. Endings for beloved shows are often more troubling than their beginnings. Game of Thrones, Seinfeld, and How I Met Your Mother are among those that, in some eyes, failed to satisfy their diehard fan bases. Not every show can end like MASH with an astonishing 106 million people watching and most of them pretty darn happy with the goodbye, farewell, and amen. So what are we to do as viewers? Are we to subject ourselves to watching every minute of a show even if we're not enjoying ourselves? Is it no pain, no gain? Or are we at the point where we can go a la carte with our amusements and screen time investments? Could we skip episodes we figure we won't like? Can we just not even click on the quote-unquote bad seasons? Peacock, Netflix, and HBO Max already tell us what's up next. What would happen if we started to tell them, no thanks? Do we have the courage? It's time for the McIn-N-Out principle to be applied to viewing. McIn-N-Out, stay with me. The last time I had a burger at McDonald's, I showed up on an August afternoon for a late lunch. It was at a McDonald's that was having a grand reopening, This McDonald's was on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles and desperately needed a grand reopening. There were signs for this event everywhere. They had sent out mailers and coupons to get people hyped. I walked up to these newly polished golden arches and the dining room was completely empty. No one at the register, not a soul in the kitchen. Naturally, I turn back toward the entrance to leave, and Ronald McDonald the Clown pops in, extends his fist, and shouts at me, Give me a nugget! I am now alone in this restaurant with a very convincing and bubbly Ronald McDonald, who I hope is affiliated with this grand reopening. It looks like him, red shoes, makeup and all, but he could be an imposter with a dark motive who is the grim reason the dining room is so empty. I extend my clenched hand per his give-me-a-nugget request, and we bump fists. Then, I say, you know, the better joke would be, give-me-a-quarter-pounder. I extend my fist again after this pun to which his eyes light up and say, I'll think about it. Then Ronald skipped away out the side door, skirting a new play place and ball pit. I looked outside, and there was a ribbon-cutting going on. 
It consisted of a high school step team and DJ performing, but only in the handicapped parking spaces of the lot. It was something to behold. I love McDonald's, especially their straws, but I don't eat their burgers like I devour their delicious nuggets. I hope a clown shouting, give me a nugget, will haunt your dreams like it did mine. Give me a nugget. But what I really love at Mickey D's are their hot, salty fries and their cold fountain soda. It's just glorious. But Mick in and out. What I prefer to do, especially when in California, is grab a Coke and fries from a McDonald's drive-thru and eat those hot fries while sipping on a cold Coca-Cola while I wait at an In-N-Out drive-thru for a three-by-three or double-double or whatever size burger I'm craving that day. This strategy gets me the best of everything. Coke is a dollar at McDonald's, fries aren't good at In-N-Out, and I wind up getting both food items that I want hot and separately. Save a little money, takes a little time, but most importantly, you get exactly what you want. Are we there yet with our viewing habits? Would you watch episode four, six, and nine of a show if you were told those were the best ones? Would you fast forward to the middle of a movie if you knew that the only good action sequences were in act three? What's the Mick in and out for entertainment? It might be short form content. People swipe up TikToks within seconds despite it being on their For You page. The internet savvy instantly move on to the next video on YouTube and sling a deserved thumbs down if they feel misled by some clickbaity title. Younger viewers want dollar menu value and not necessarily the perceived value meal that long form television and films provide. Consumers watch what they like and tend to stick with it. Understanding the viewer's power is key. Should we watch previously on? Or is this the episode where we finally skip the intro? Or is it all ingrained in our experience and escapism? People want control, like hypothetically to be able to walk away from a clown in an abandoned restaurant while a high school step team is dancing on the only handicapped parking spaces. Now that was a finale. And no, this isn't a full-blown research theory. I'm just trying to give you a nugget. That's a wrap for this week's TP with TP. See you at the after party.